Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 43 of The Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. Now, before we get started with today's episode, I do want to mention today's show sponsor, Swanson Health. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that I only mention products that I actually use and stand behind. Swanson Health makes some amazing, high-quality supplements that are rigorously tested for purity and potency, all with a focus on improving your health. Now, while there's no need to get too crazy with the supplements, It is super critical to get the basics in, the most important supplements for your health. I talk about these on the show all the time. For example, vitamin D3 is huge. It's so important for just about everyone out there. The average person does not get enough natural sunshine year-round to maximize their vitamin D levels. It's just a fact. I mean, you need to have enough skin exposed during the right time of year and be living at the right latitudes just to get enough exposure, which is not easy to do. Then, of course, too much sun exposure can actually lead to premature aging, which we know. So the solution is to supplement with vitamin D. If your vitamin D levels are low, you're not going to be feeling as good. Your serotonin levels may be affected. Your mood and energy levels may suffer. For men, low vitamin D levels can lower your testosterone. So it's so, so important. I also recommend supplementing with a high-quality fish oil, which can help with brain health and just general longevity purposes. If you aren't getting enough long-chain omega-3s in your diet, again, there's a huge difference between long-chain and short-chain omega-3s, which you may be getting from your flax seeds, your hemp hearts, or your walnuts. Another great supplement is CoQ10, which can help with cardiovascular health, promote longevity, and boost energy production. Again, there's no need to get crazy with endless supplementation, especially if you're not eating right and living right. But I highly, highly recommend getting those essential age fighters in each and every day to give you that extra edge. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, you can use my code BEAUTY20. It's the word BEAUTY followed by the number 20, one word, for 20% off site-wide and free shipping on orders $50 or more on their website, swanson.com. All right, today's episode, we are talking all about organics, organic fruits and veggies. Does it make sense? What are the benefits of going organic? Is it worth the extra cost? And if you can't afford it, is it necessary to be organic across the board with everything that you're buying? I mean, buying organic can sometimes add anywhere from 10 to 50% more to your total cost for any particular item. So I'm going to break this all down for you in this episode. We're also going to be talking about organic meats, wild meat, wild fish, 
What are the benefits and does it make sense for you? Lastly, we're going to talk about some other organic products, for example, skincare products and anything else I can think of that I use regularly with the term organic attached to it. So organic, what does organic even mean? Definition, if you want to look it up, in America, the USDA organic label refers to a product that is made with minimal synthetic pesticides and fertilizers and animals that are raised according to certain guidelines. This means that produce that is grown on soil doesn't have any of these prohibited substances in it and that soil has to be clean for at least three years before they harvest food on that soil. For organic meat, regulators require animals to be raised in living conditions that accommodate their quote-unquote natural behaviors, like being free-range or having the ability to graze on a pasture. Organic meats are also to be fed on 100% organic feed, and are not supposed to be given any kind of antibiotics or hormones. Now, when it comes to processed multi-ingredient foods, something that you can buy out of a box or out of an aisle at a grocery store, normally when you see organic on a box of something that you pick up, it's normally referring to no artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, etc., but while we do have an organic system, the system is far from perfect. There have been many, many claims and lawsuits over the years over the exact language that is used, the rules that qualify something as organic or non-organic, and just plenty of questions raised over the adherence to those rules, whether or not the companies actually get audited and monitored and whether or not other countries have the same standards of what the U.S. means when they talk about organics. And lastly, price can sometimes be an issue with organic products because you are paying more for them. Now let's talk about some organic benefits. When it comes to organic farming, it is better for the environment due to the cultivation of more natural growing environments, which leads to reduced soil erosion and less groundwater pollutants. So we're taking better care of our planet, which is great. If you're buying an organic processed multi-ingredient food, something that you're getting from the aisle, they're not going to have the more unhealthy ingredients. For example, they're not going to have the extra chemical preservatives. They're not going to have the hydrogenated oils. So while seeing the label organic on a box of crackers, for example, it may not necessarily mean that they are healthy, but it does most likely mean that they're a lot healthier than some of the other options on the shelf close by. Organic products are also normally more animal friendly, meaning animals are given those free range natural food diets that they're used to, that they kind of are meant to be eating, like I mentioned earlier. Also, you're going to have lower pesticide levels compared to traditional fruits and veggies. What I found too is normally organic fruits and vegetables are slightly smaller in size, but of higher quality. They normally also taste better and oftentimes have higher levels of nutrition, vitamins, phytochemicals, and nutrients. Now, if you know me, you know I love my Fuji apples. So let's use that as a quick example. Now, a regular Fuji apple is normally much larger compared to an organic variety, which is probably only going to be 60 to 70% of the size of the regular Fuji apple. 
And I also tend to notice more of a wax coating on the non-organic Fuji Apple options. And also when you bite into each apple, if you're biting into an organic Fuji Apple comparing it to a non-organic, I find the organic version has just much more flavor. And even the color of it is oftentimes a deeper red. Now, is the flavor and sweetness difference between the apples solely a function of size variance? Maybe. And maybe it's placebo effect, but I'll let you decide. Now, let's talk about some organic negatives. What are some bad things about being organic? Now, we already talked about how organic food is going to be more expensive than normal variants. Organic foods also don't completely eliminate all chemicals. It just limits a lot of them. So you may end up still having small amounts of chemical fertilizers and pesticides used somewhere in small amounts, somewhere in the life cycle of that organic produce. So it's not like a cure-all. Also, organic food oftentimes goes bad faster. It doesn't last as long due to the lack of preservatives or waxes or whatever that they use to protect normal food with. It just doesn't last as long. So that's definitely something to consider as well. Now, at the end of the day, again, the organic system isn't perfect, whether you're talking about organic food, fruits, vegetables, or even meats, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have a system, that we shouldn't try to at least eat organic or use organic products when it makes sense to do so, if we can. So my recommendation is, if you're really cost-constrained, meaning that you're really trying to save money, saving up for that rent check every single month, just trying to make ends meet, by all means, you don't need to eat organic just to be healthy. I would much rather you buy and eat 10 regular apples than to save up for just a few organic apples, especially if that price delta is significant. Again, if it comes down to money, a lot of people seem to think that eating healthy costs a lot more money, but it does not. It can be very affordable, especially if you buy in bulk and you have some, some basic cooking skills. Now, if you have just a little extra money for organic products, start with the produce that tends to absorb more pesticides than others. Start with those first. For example, berries, leafy greens, or any produce that has a thin or textured skin. Berries in particular are a big one that I make sure to get organic whenever possible. If you look at the surface of a raspberry or a strawberry, there's just so much texture. It's like the topography of the skin has so many little bumps and ridges, which make it much easier for pesticides to get stuck in there. And even a relatively smooth berry like blueberries, you're still dealing with very, very thin skin. So whenever possible, I always go for frozen organic berries. Berries are an antioxidant and nutrient powerhouse, so you want to make sure that you're getting the best quality that you can. Also, I normally try to buy frozen berries, which may sound strange to you at first, because normally when we think buying fresh is probably going to be best, but when you buy something fresh, like berries, they're actually not necessarily super fresh anymore because they were picked days, sometimes even weeks beforehand, before they get to the grocery store, because they're waiting to be packaged and shipped to the grocery stores to sell. But when you buy frozen, normally the berries are picked at peak nutrition and ripeness, and then they're flash frozen, 
which actually does an amazing job at locking in nutrients for a long time. So yeah, when it comes to berries, frozen, organic, all good stuff. Other produce like bananas, lemons, avocado, probably not as important from a pesticide standpoint just because they have thicker skin compared to berries and kale or spinach, grapes, carrots, etc. Now, of course, if you can afford it, I always recommend going organic across the board, but just do whatever you can to optimize your health. You can't control what you can't control, so just do the best that you can. All right, now let's touch on meat. In my opinion, if you're going to eat meat, fish, or any other sort of animal protein, it is very, very important to get high-quality sources. Now again, nutrition is a very complicated topic at a certain level. While it's obvious that we should eat whole natural food whenever possible, and to minimize processed ingredients, added sugar, avoid hydrogenated oils, etc., when it comes to comparing diets as a whole, like paleo diets versus the Mediterranean diet versus a plant-based whole food diet, pescatarian, keto, carnivore, that's when it gets complicated because there are many nutritional approaches that do indeed show health benefits and it can be very hard to filter out through all the different doctor and nutritionist opinions out there just to pick a side. But for me, based on my experience, for me, I believe a plant-based whole food diet where you're eating as natural as possible and getting most, like like 95% of your calories from whole unprocessed plant sources is most likely optimal for health and longevity. Now, I do recommend getting in a small amount of animal protein most days, but I do recommend a small amount, perhaps one serving a day, maybe two. You don't need a lot, maybe a few ounces here and there. I find that when I include a small amount of high-quality meat and or fish, I feel better. I have more energy. I am stronger in the gym. My mood and outlook is healthier. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the missing link is when you stick to a strictly plant-based diet for years at a time like I have tried before. Perhaps it's a B vitamin deficiency. Maybe you're not getting enough iron, hemoglobin. So I don't know what it is exactly, but I do find a little bit of meat or animal protein really, really helps cover the bases that plants alone do not cover, especially once you've been strictly plant-based whole food for long periods of time. Now, with that being said, I do believe that too much meat is not a good thing. And you want to make sure that the animal protein that you are eating is of the highest quality possible. This means buying organic, free range, if you're talking about chicken or eggs or poultry. You know, there's a huge difference in the nutrients that you get from a dark, very dark, almost orange-colored yolk compared to a very light-colored yellow yolk in an egg. And if you're eating red meat, which is my favorite, this means going grass-fed and organic if possible. There's a huge difference in the quality of the meat when you go to grass-fed. I don't believe animal fat is good for you. Again, some people will argue this point, and that's okay. I'm just saying, based on my views of nutrition and heart disease, I don't believe animal fat is good for you. The fat profile also changes significantly when you go from regular red meat to grass-fed. I always recommend going with the leanest cuts that you can, 
and cutting away any kind of excess fat, but you're still going to be getting some fat content in the meat. So by going grass-fed, grass-finished, and organic if possible, this just makes sure that any animal fat that you are consuming, even in smaller amounts, is going to be of the highest quality possible. And what do I mean by higher quality meat, higher quality fat? I mean a higher percentage of omega-3s to omega-6 fatty acids. I mean a higher amount of conjugated linoleic acid, which is also known as CLA. So things like that. Now when it comes to fish, this means going wild caught. There's a huge, huge difference between farm-raised fish and wild fish. Especially when you look at something like a wild salmon. I mean the color of a farm-raised fish, uh, like, uh, don't even get me started. It is uh, disturbing. Now, some people, when they talk about wild fish, they're going to mention the polluted waters. For example, oil spills, nuclear reaction accidents, decomposing plastic accumulation zones like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is just one of five huge plastic swirling balls that are in our oceans which leads to increased levels of microplastics over time as those plastics break down and just the creation of other petroleum products. So these are all going to be potential contaminants for wild fish. So what can you do? I mean, there's no clear solution to make sure that your your wild fish is going to be clean for sure. And I still eat wild fish whenever I can over farm-raised fish. My typical strategy is just to make sure that I don't eat too much animal protein, that I don't eat too much fish, even wild fish. At most, I may have one serving a day, and uh, you know, sometimes throughout the week, I may have three or four servings of wild fish, but I just try not to eat too, too much just in case there are pollutants and toxins that are kind of working themselves up through the food chain into us as we eat it. But at the end of the day... We're just doing the best that we can. That's all you can do. Do the best that you can and don't worry about the thousands of tiny details. If you can afford to eat healthy, just be grateful that you can. And just think about the billions of people around the world that don't have enough food, let alone the option to choose wild or organic, free-range, grass-fed options. So at the end of the day, just be grateful and be happy for the amazing choices that we do have. Now, beyond organic food, now thinking about organic products, when it comes to buying organic, I mainly focus on going organic and as healthy as possible when it comes to anything that I'm putting on my skin and products that I use around the house for cleaning, especially any sorts of sprays or products that you might inhale by using. Now, your skin is the largest organ of your body. While the jury is still out on exactly how much, what percentage of a product, like a lotion, is going to be absorbed by your body, the fact of the matter is your skin will absorb a certain amount. I've seen some people say that your skin absorbs something like 60 or 70% of any product that you put on it, but it's not that simple. Oftentimes, when you apply a product, like a lotion, and after rubbing it in onto your skin, that quote-unquote absorbed feeling is normally just the water and alcohol ingredients from the product evaporating away. That being said, there is definitely a certain amount of product that will get absorbed, and some of it may even get absorbed to the deeper layers of your skin, and certain elements can even eventually enter your bloodstream. So, whenever possible, try to use simple organic products that you can understand 
when you read the ingredients label. And you can also try making your own versions of products. For example, I use a night's cream every night that I make for myself using a mixture of coconut oil, shea butter, sometimes cocoa butter, and a bunch of other extracts and essential oils. It's very oily, which is why I use it only at night, but it is non-comedogenic oil. It's very, very hydrating. And I find comfort in knowing that I understand each and every organic ingredient that I put in it. But I'm not perfect either. For example, my toothpaste that I use, it is not organic. It is not some kind of natural charcoal paste or anything like that. It, it's just a certain brand that I've been using for almost two decades now. It's called Ultra Bright. And I just like it because it has good whitening power. Also, sometimes when showering, for example, if I'm busy and I need to knock out like a two-minute shower, I might just use a Dove soap bar. And, you know, I like the fact that the Dove bars have moisturizing cream in it so your skin doesn't feel dry afterwards. But it's definitely not organic. There's a ton of chemicals and stuff in it that I don't fully understand. And at other times, I'll use an all-natural body wash solution. And I use that in combination with exfoliating gloves to really give my skin like a deep cleansing feel. So I'm definitely not perfect with all-natural organic products. But you don't need to be. There's no such thing as being perfect. So just do your best and always try to be a little bit healthier whenever you can. Now, when it comes to sprays and aerosols, I know hairspray is a big one. I personally don't use hairspray, but I know a lot of females and some men do. And I do know that there are a lot of toxic chemicals in a lot of the traditional hairsprays. But the good thing is, in this day and age, there are natural recipes for just about everything out there. If you're willing to think outside the box and do a little learning, you can find natural hairspray recipes online that include ingredients like essential oils, small amounts of sugar, baking soda, lemon juice, etc. And you can find a recipe that works well for you. Now, to be fair, have I tried any of these natural hairspray solutions? No. And do I truly understand how frustrating it is when your hair just won't do what you want it to do and you're running late for work? No, I've honestly never been there myself. But all I'm saying is try to be mindful of these sprays that you're potentially inhaling on a daily basis. Try experimenting with some natural solutions and just see if they work. Perhaps try switching to a pomade or something that you can mix with water and apply to minimize how much product is actually going into the air and getting inhaled. Or if you have to use some hairspray, maybe you can use one of the natural remedies for the bulk of your hair as needed, and then just use a very, very small amount of actual chemical hairspray where you really, really need it, with the window open, with the exhaust fan on, or just somewhere with good air circulation. Again, just do what you can whenever you can. Another big thing to think about is cleaning solutions. For this, I definitely recommend going all natural. It is so, so easy to make your own all-purpose cleaning solution with a little bit of dish soap, essential oils, maybe a little bit of white vinegar or lemon juice for whitening purposes. But there are so many recipes online. This one's a really easy one. Now, the same thing applies if you're using bug sprays, cockroach sprays, spider sprays. Um, of course, I know some people that don't mess with spiders and they will literally capture and release them outside. 
Um, so good on you. But there are also people that I know that blast critters and cockroaches and spiders into oblivion with super toxic sprays only to get a big whiff or two of the toxins themselves. So you may get rid of the insect, but you may also be poisoning yourself in the process. Now, there are many natural options when it comes to bug sprays. Most of them rely on certain essential oils that physically break down the exoskeleton of a bug or critter. Now, oftentimes these natural essential oil options are not going to be quite as effective. They don't work quite as quickly as the toxic sprays, but they do work. And they definitely should be something that you try, especially if you have a lot of bugs around and you are constantly spraying things. If you're dealing with cockroaches, instead of spraying them all the time, you can also try using like a gel bait that attracts and kills them. I used one several years ago in California called Advion, which was like super, super effective, and it had no spraying required. Of course, you do want to be extra, extra careful about the placement of any gel bait, just to make sure that you protect your small children at home or any pets that you own. But spraying all the time isn't healthy for your pets or your children either, so I still normally recommend going for properly placed gel baits if you really have some kind of critter problem. All right, well, that wraps up this episode. I do want to apologize for being a little bit less consistent with putting out new content recently. I try to put out at least one episode a month. Ideally, an episode every other week would be great. And I really should get back into doing interviews with some of my doctor friends again. But I've just been spending a lot more time recently doing some aerospace engineering related research and work. And at the end of the day, I just enjoy doing this podcast, honestly, as a fun side project. I don't really think I would be happy if I created a full-time anti-aging business with more frequent podcasts, videos, products that I create and sell, online classes, etc. Because I have other interests. To me, this is a means to an end. It is not an end in itself. The whole point of living an anti-aging lifestyle is to give yourself the best opportunity possible to live a long, healthy, and fulfilling life so that you can do more of the things that you love to do, whether that's traveling, cooking, spending more time with family and friends, maybe learning new things about business or investing, or nature, history, science, space exploration. I mean, there are so many amazing things to learn and do in this life. So I try not to get overly consumed with just one topic and get super tunnel visioned in if I can help it. The most important thing is to love what you do. Spend your precious time very wisely. So with that being said, I really appreciate you for spending time with me, and I hope I am providing some value to you in your life. All right, with that, we're going to roll into Tomco Tip 43, and we're going to expand on this topic of learning a little bit more and just talk about the, the magic of learning. So let's get into that right now. Here we go. All right, in today's Tomko tip, I want to talk about the magic of learning. Now, when it comes to living a fulfilling life, a life that really makes you happy, so much of that relies on your ability to make smart decisions. And smart decisions are normally only made with proper knowledge, and knowledge 
comes from learning. It is so, so important that you are constantly pushing yourself to learn new things, especially in the areas of your life that are important to you. If you're listening to this podcast, you are definitely on the right path of knowledge. I mean, think about it. There are probably thousands of decisions that you've made in your life that probably weren't the best idea. Small decisions and bigger, more important decisions. With a little more knowledge, understanding, and perspective, we can make smarter decisions that move our life in a more positive direction. Without proper knowledge, you are just guessing and hoping for success. And hope is not a course of action. How can we be healthy if we don't constantly push ourselves to learn how to be healthy? How can we make smart financial decisions without first studying all the smart ways to invest, to learn the process from those who have succeeded before us? The same goes with being a great partner in a relationship, being an amazing mother, father, or friend, or finding success and fulfillment in your career. Constantly push yourself to learn, try things, learn from your mistakes and try again, a little smarter and a little better each time. Stay hungry for knowledge and answers. You got this. Well, that's it for this episode. And until next time, thanks. Love you guys.